Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Janis Kudla. I'm Jesper Dion. I'm Henry Laksan. I am Francisco Segundolo. And you are listening to the Game to Love podcast. Sad news coming out just a moment ago, and it is unfortunate. Carlos Alcaraz is out of the Australian Open. He has just announced uh, to the world, uh, we're all in a bit of shock, to be honest, our world number one suffering from a different injury to the one that kept him out of the ATP Tour Finals. Uh, is a leg injury this time, and we will not be seeing him uh, in the, the first Grand Slam of 2023. JG, we're here to discuss it. I'm very disappointed. How are you feeling? I'm absolutely gutted, mate. I was really hoping to see Alcaraz at this year's Australian Open. The reason being, I don't just look at him as the world number one. I look at him as a massive contender to go on and, to go on and win it. And unfortunately, that is not going to be happening now because he's not uh, entering. He's pulled out for an injury. Like you said, it's a different injury to what he sustained prior, which left him out of the tour finals. And... I'm starting now to look at the rest of the field and the one man I'm sort of edging towards is not Rafael Nadal, it's Novak Djokovic. I think he is the person who benefits the most out of this news. As you as you can see, I think he's yeah. won like 16 or 17 of the last 18 matches. Rafael Nadal, look at his last six. He's lost pretty much, I think, all of them, apart from one, which was a dead rubber against Kasper Ruud. Everything's pointing towards Djokovic winning. I know Medvedev at the moment is performing a little bit better, but it blows this whole Australian Open wide open. I truly, in my heart of hearts, thought Adkaraz was maybe going to win this Australian Open. I I forget if I did it in my prediction at the start. I think you might have, to be honest. Yeah, I think, I think, I think I've gone big on Adkaraz, and I thought he would do something special. Of course, the last slam we got to see at the US Open, he won it. Yeah. And he's just been very unlucky since then, hasn't he? I mean... 
what's what's happened is he become world number one. He won a first Grand Slam. Then he went to the Davis Cup and lost. And then he's been a bit a bit suspect ever since, really, and not been the same player he was before he was world number one. And we've seen in in a lot of sports when you get to the top, it's one thing. It's about maintaining it. And right now, Adkaraz, I don't think he's a panic station at all, but. He's been a bit unlucky with his injuries, of course, but he's not performed as well as he did before he was world number one. No, I think he's maybe he's pushing himself too hard. Maybe he is the person right now who everybody's chasing and he thinks maybe I have to work a bit harder to just try and keep at the top. And maybe by pushing yourself a bit too hard, you do get these injuries. And he's somebody whose game style, I feel like it is like a like a raffer you there's a lot of effort goes in on the court in pushing yourself really to the limit and that's what makes him exciting but it also leaves um room for for injury i feel but maybe he'll just uh get on Djokovic's yoga regime and uh get a bit more flexible and we won't see as many of these injuries who knows yeah, shout out everyone in the live chat great to see so many familiar faces Kathy there saying she didn't get a notification Ooh. That sometimes happens. Um, it's not our fault. It's YouTube. Yeah, sorry. If if we're late, that is our fault. In this case, it was me, my fault, because I'm in a different location. I couldn't find my headphones, so I've had to borrow some. Um, but we are here now, and we are talking about this big news. So let us know in the live live chat right now, what do you make of this news? Carlos Adekaraz, one of the favourites for the Australian Open, is out. And when I say one of the favourites, he was the second favourite to win behind Novak Djokovic. He was very close with Daniel Medvedev. He just edged Medvedev to win the Australian Open. So it's not like just a young kid who shows a lot of hope and promise. He just won the US Open. A lot of people were backing him, myself included, to go on and do very well. So it's a massive loss for the event. Last yeah. year, we didn't get Djokovic there, um, Was who was the world number one at the time, I believe. We're not yeah. getting the world number one this time. So that's two years in a row with no world number one playing in Australia. I think the one thing that we're missing as well here is the fact that Djokovic wasn't able to play the US Open. So we weren't able to see Alcalaz versus Djokovic at a hard court slam. And now Alcalaz won't be playing the Australian Open. So there's no chance of Alcalaz versus Djokovic here either. And I think that's one matchup we'd love to see. I mean, yeah. I can't wait to see those two play. And I'm, hopefully we'll get to see them play. Well, they might not be able to play in the US this year either. I don't know. So it could be a whole nother year until we get to see uh, Djokovic, Alcalaz at a hardcourt Grand Slam again, which that's for me is really disappointing. Yeah, we've got Western in, and I didn't think Alcaraz was going to win the Australian Open, but I expected at least a semi-final. This is really bad news for Alcaraz's future career. He hasn't played since losing badly at that exhibition. Uh, like I said at the start of the video, since he became world number one, he's been a bit unfortunate of injuries, and he's not really been putting together too many results. And um, it is a little bit disappointing, but I'm not too downbeat on it. I know he's going to be back. I know he's going to win multiple Grand Slams. I'm just hoping it's not going to be a career like my favourite player, Rafael Nadal, where the whole career, there's another injury and there's these big events he's going to be missing out on at his prime prime years and prime opportunities due to injury. But that's life and we'll have to wait and see on that. 
of course, touch what it doesn't happen. So this is the statement he put out. He said, when I was in my best moment of the preseason, I injured myself in a fortuitous, fortuitous and forced gesture while training. This time in the semi mab Oh, you've given me this one, have you? Semi- it's not fancy mem- reading it. Semi-membranous. Okay, right? semi-membranous muscle of my right <laughs> leg. I had worked a lot to reach my best level in Australia. Yeah, exactly. And it goes on. goes on to say, yeah, uh, there's a second part. There we go. Unfortunately, I won't be able to play either the the Care A2 Plus Kuyong or the Australian Open. Uh, it is hard. Uh, it is a hard moment, but I have to be op- optimistic, recover, and look ahead. See you in 2024, and that's that's like the worst thing to see from such a young player, the world number one. And somebody who just won the last Grand Slam that that we saw as well. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's just heartbreaking because I truly did believe he was going to maybe win this Australian Open. Um, But I think now the best thing to talk about is what does it mean for the whole event? Um, Because I'm looking at it and I just don't see a a way past Djokovic now. As boring as it sounds, the bookies have him at evens to win the event. Medvedev's at six. Rafael Nadal at 11, Kyrgios at 13, Sinner 17, Sissipas is below Sinner at 19, Felix 21, Rude 26, and Holokolune 26, Zverev 34. That's worth worth a go, surely. 34 for Zverev, that's mad. Holokolune and Kasper Rude and and Felix, three young players, all favoured a lot more than Zverev. Well, what? That's another player. I know that he always sort of misses uh, our estimations. Is Casper Ruud, and we've seen we've underestimated him before, and we're probably going to do it again. Could he be a surprise person? He doesn't want to be playing Alcala, as he said. I don't want to play any more Spanish players. Well, that's one less person he has to play. Somebody hasn't done too well against, which is Carlos Alcala. He won't have to play him now. Could we see Casper Ruud making another Grand Slam final due to the omission now? of Carlos Alcalaz. Other big news with this, what's happened for those listening. Thanks, Gene, for pointing this out. So Djokovic will now be bumped up to the number four seed, which will mean he wouldn't have to face Rafael Nadal before the semi-finals. So we're not going to see a repeat of what happened at Roland Garros, where Rafael Nadal played Djokovic in the right. quarters. Um, they could only meet in the semi-finals or the final. That's, well, that's great. Um, we did That sort of didn't kill the tournament, but as soon as no. you, they got picked on the same side, you just thought, oh, come on. We wanted to have like a bigger semi-final or final or something like that. Quarter-final, you just lose one of them early on. And we don't want that, do we? So, Listen, I'm a bit of a... Um, I'm a bit of a pessimist when it comes to Rafael Nadal at the moment, I must admit. But <laughs> the way I see it going is... I don't think it matters. I think if Rafael Nadal was to play Djokovic in any round, he's going to lose at the Australian Open. I think Djokovic, I just, I have a bad feeling that it's going to be far too strong for him in Australia specifically. Maybe not on the clay, but in Australia, with the point he has to prove now, Djokovic is too strong. Rafa's best chances is Djokovic to go out to someone else, which is not impossible. Medvedev, maybe? A Medvedev, a Felix in great <laughs> form, a Holgorune. There's plenty of players who could potentially topple 
Zverev, who's playing in a scintillating form. Don't write him off as well. There's some good players. Sissa passive, everything's going great for him. So we'll have to see with that. Um, yeah. But I that's the way so. I see it going. I think it's going to be really difficult for Rafa. I don't put him in, up there as one of the big favourites, despite everyone getting on to me saying I need to be a bit more positive with him. Well, yeah, let's see. I mean, he may be well refreshed. You know, he said he was looking a bit old come the end of last year. Maybe he's had a nice rest and he'll come back looking really, really good. I mean, I know he didn't look great at the United Cup, but they were still hitting the ball pretty clean, even if he didn't look that quick. Maybe he was just taking it easy. It was a bit more of an exhibition tournament for him, just a warm up. Wait and see. I don't think we all get to see the best of Rafa Nadal until we hit that Grand Slam anyway. So, yeah. Well, last year in the bracket, I picked Rafa. It's safe to say, I don't think I'll be picking him again this year. Uh, but let's move on with the tweets. But Why you, you do that? You, won't, you, definitely, you definitely won't be picking Djokovic. That's the one thing that can be guaranteed on JG's well, bracket. We don't know he that will not then. be winning a Grand Slam Listen, this I'll pick year. who I want to pick. He you will not be winning a Grand pick. Slam I will this pick. year. When I look at the draw, listen, if everyone pulls out, I'm going to pick Djokovic. Stick to your guns, mate. You I'm not said sticking to Djokovic's my guns. Not, Djokovic's not winning a Grand Slam this year. Just okay. stick to it. Well, listen to this. I think if you do something like a tennis podcast or you do anything where you're sharing an opinion or if you're in the media of any kind, I think the most dangerous thing you can do as someone who has a voice and who people will listen to is have an opinion and stick to it. I love people who are able to be a bit more fluid with if things change, they can change. You can put your hands up and say, you know what? I thought that at that moment. Adkalaz dropped out. Rafa's can hardly win a match. Olgarun is, I've not seen him. Maybe Djokovic is going to win. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think you should just be backing off something you've said and just going blind with it. Because for me, that is not sensible. And that is you not... heard it here first. That's what politicians do. If politicians make a mistake, (laughs) they just keep going with it until until it's no longer a mistake. I'm not going to do that. So you're saying Djokovic is going to win it, yeah? I don't know that. Okay. Right. So it sounded like you were shying towards that way anyway with the whole talking about favourites and stuff. Well, I know know that's who you've got, so... Well, you saw my predictions pre. I'm guy sticks with what they go with. It's not about like... sticking with your guns. If people, everyone pulls out, who are you going to stick with? You're going to stick with what? 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 What you well, said ages he, ago? If he pulled out, no, I can't stick with someone who pulled out. Hoping, well, yeah. Well, as I... as the ghost says, damn right, JG. You go with the data you have at the time. That was the data I was presented. That's what I went with. If that data changes, you go with that. That's true. You need to be actually. flexible with your opinion. You can't just say, oh. "I'm think this," and that's whatever happens. I'm going to stick with it. Well, if Alcaraz is not going to be playing the French Open now, God, I'll probably have to pick Rafa, won't I? <laughs> no, I hope not, because if you do, he won't win. Well, there you go. So I'm definitely picking Rafa to win the French Open then. Djokovic will steam through. Listen, we all know you, Ben. Everyone here listening knows you well. <laughs> Tomorrow, we've got a big match. We've got Djokovic Ooh. playing Medvedev, 10am. Please wait. make sure to join us on the live watch along for it. Amazing. And if you know anything about Ben, he will be picking the winner of that match to win the Australian Open because that's how his mind works. No, if I've already picked Djokovic to win. I've already picked it. I'm not changing. Well, if Medvedev wins tomorrow, you're going to pick Medvedev to win. doesn't the matter. Open. It's a three-set match. Different different type yeah, of match. Yeah, we know what you're like. We saw what Medvedev's like over five sets. He could, well, Medvedev, we Medvedev, like. Medvedev would never lose from two sets up, would he? JG's fa- famous words from the final last year. We know right, what he's like Can we move like on, Ben, five. with the tweets? Well, I don't know. Maybe we should. I like being in charge of the tweets. 
Mm, I've only got a one you sent me, this one. Right. Okay, you so the Alcaraz and the Dow parallels <laughs> are getting too real too soon. Hope he recovers soon. Nadal also missed the first major of the year in 2006 after he won his first major title in 2005. Alcaraz won the US Open in 2022 and is no longer participating in the 2023 Australian Open. So, mm. like I said at the start, it is a few little parallels here with Rafa and Nadal. It's not just this one. It's also the young world number one and winning the Grand Slams. Everything seems to be aligned with them too, with what they've been able yeah. to achieve on a tennis court at the out the, the tender age of Adkalaz, we'll see, 19 now. 19, yeah. And um, it's worrying because if he's going to have a similar career to Nadal, then all in all, it's not that bad, is it? Because he's done all right, but it's a I don't think many people could do it. That's that's my problem. So what Nadal has been able to achieve, winning that amount of Grand Slams with all of the obstacles he's had to face, it takes some real character. And I'm not saying Adclass doesn't have that character, but I feel like it's a bit of a one in a million situation what Rafael Nadal has been able to do. And it's going to be very difficult for, for Adclass to battle off about 50 injuries to get there. Yeah, but maybe if Alcalaz isn't even going to have to face a Federer or a Djokovic for the rest of his career, maybe he'll have an easier time of it. So you never know. He might be, he might not need to push his body as hard as what Rafa's had to do it with having those other two greats to to push him. Yeah, we've got the ghost in. I love this. One of my new favourites in the chat. <laughs> He's more Team JG than Ben, so I will be giving reading out all of your comments today, Ghost. Saying Ben is sticking to his guns, Sampras winning the Australian Open. As those for those who don't know and who are new to the channel, Ben is about 150 years old, and he's been watching tennis for a lot of years. So he's just trying to get up to speed with the colour TVs and some of the new tennis rackets and balls. Yeah, um, but yeah, there is one. a whole new breed of players, Ben. So he is definitely getting up to speed with it slowly, but it will take him some time. I know. Fred Perry still his favourite player. I know. Well, can't be all as young as you. I think you just about watched your first Nadal slam final, wasn't it, in January last year? So that was good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, let's move on with these ones. I quite like that parallel anyway. It's a good What do you tweet. think on that, though? I think it's weird. I don't I don't like the comparisons, but they just keep popping up. It doesn't always this... happen. Even the, the good the good stats, the bad stats. Yeah, they're all they there. They seem to follow they're following a very similar trajectory. I don't I don't like it, but you you can't argue with it because it just keeps happening and Rafa I, I know people don't like him asking about retirement at his press conference but he hates the comparisons with Alcaraz either they're the two things he keeps hating to answer so unfortunately it's going to keep happening Rafa and that's probably going to happen again at this Australian Open so moving on this was just Jose Morgado reporting just a bit of reaction from the tennis world um, sad, obviously, big name Jose, one of our faves. What I'll ask one... you, Ben, is what leg is it, the left or right? I don't know, I haven't seen. I'm gonna go with right. Okay, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> am I wrong? Is it the right leg or the wrong leg? I don't know. I just right. thought we should know that as a tennis podcast. Which leg I haven't it was. seen, I, I haven't seen a picture of the leg. That's the thing, I've just seen it there. So no, I'm only joking. We don't know what leg it is, but he definitely did suffer in his leg, and it is a different injury to what he sustained in the middle of the year. So they're stacking up, a bit like Rodney Carney. Oh no, yeah, let's not go down that uh, alley. Um, this one, 
just obviously speaking about the fact that he's had to miss two big events with two injuries, obviously ATP Tour Finals and the Australian Open, both of them he was world number one at as well. And he He's won't been be very playing. unlucky since he's been world number one. Yeah, most definitely. And this one, just to talk about it, yeah. Obviously, that would have been his first Grand Slam as world number one. That's I think that is really sad because... I want him to actually be world number one going into a slam. Hopefully, yep. he'll still get the opportunity uh, this year, I hope. I think it makes a massive difference. I think being a world number one going into a grand slam makes a massive difference, not for the psychological and the mental side of things, just purely because of the draw. Like, yeah. I don't know what it has been, but in recent years, the world number one, in theory, should get the best draw, but it has actually worked like that. Because yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to work like that. So if you've got some really like outlier players, like I say, Kyrgios, who's 100th in the world, like he has been in recent years, or some other good players, Karatsev when he was a bit far down, it can still be challenging because you could, as a world number one, draw one of them players early. But the way it has gone in recent years, it has been that the world number one has had a good path through. Let's look at sort of the Australian Open last year. Djokovic, of course, was the world number one for the Australian Open. Wasn't allowed in the country, got deported, didn't play. Kesmanovic took that position as world number one in the draw and he went for a few rounds. So yeah, I don't think he would have got for a few rounds if he was somewhere else. So it is important. And now who is going to be the world number one? Is it going to be Rude or Nazal? It's a good point. Um, part of me thinks it's going to be Casper Rude. <laughs> Which if, if that's the case, well, he's not going to be world number one, but he might be number one seed. Yeah, and I get what you're saying. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, while you're uh, looking that one up, let's go to the live chat and see what people are saying. Uh, Kathy saying, did this announcement just happen? Yes, I mean, it was, I'd say, about half an hour ago, something like that. Um, very, very sad. All the reaction that's coming out online, obviously, a lot of people very upset, I'd, I'd say. The tennis world, we're just starting to warm to the next breed of tennis, which is Carlos Alcalaz. And now we're not even going to get the chance to see our latest Grand Slam champion. And, well, Casper Rude, he's probably licking his lips now. He's thinking, cool, I might have a chance now at this one. I don't have to play Alcalaz on the way. The reason why I asked that question, Ben, is because it's interesting. So there is the... Currently, Rafael Nadal was second, like I said. But Casper Rude could become the second seed if he gets to the final. Hmm... Interesting. Yeah. Definitely. So we'll, have to, still, we'll have to wait and see. I'm not going to play too much of a factor. We've got on... Genius, and if Rude makes the final, he will be number one. Well, that's impressive. <sighs> but I mean, regardless, I hope Rafa is the number one seed for the Australian Open. I really help do. Because I think it will help him out. We'll have to have a look to see where Kyrgios is in the draw. Then we'll find out who's really benefiting uh, from their uh, seed position. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. This one, uh, with Alcaraz out from... Oh, is this the uh, the thing we were just talking about? With Alcaraz out from the Australian Open world, number one spot could be decided between Djokovic and Rude. Both of them didn't play last year's edition, and all of the points are up for their grab. So that's a really good point as yep. well. Brilliant. I mean, Djokovic, obviously, uh, but Kasper Ruud, yeah, you've just been speaking about him. I think it's just everything's just playing into Djokovic's hands, quite <laughs> honest, if I'm honest. He's evens now with the bookies. He's in the best form. I think he's the event he's playing at the moment, 
is it Ork? What, what Adelaide. Is it? Adelaide. I think he'll win Adelaide. I think Breeze he beats Medvedev Chapeau, tomorrow. Chapo wasn't even wasn't even a match, was it? He's I mean, he's pumped. He's the fans are out for him as well in the Australian yeah. Open. There's a lot of support there for him. It's an event he loves. It's his favourite slam with Wimbledon. The stars are aligning. And if it is to be that he wins the Australian Open and then becomes world number one, you've got to take your hats off, hat off to him. Yeah. From where he was last year to then going back to the event, becoming world number one and winning a slam, fair play. What a player. I think most people... I think I I read through all of the predictions that were coming through on the, our comment section, and I think most people said Djokovic for Wimbledon and for Australian Open in this year, which I think yeah. was a common thing to pick, obviously. But now we're sort of it looking even more likely. But never say never. Grandstands aren't easy. You have to beat everybody. Who knows? There could be a surprise package, like with a Karatsev when he was playing well. They could have Holger Luna. Zverev might cause a shock. Berrettini, maybe. Mustafi. Massetti, bringing it home. Well, Massetti, yeah. Another person who yet to do it over five sets, really. But good player. He's playing well at the minute. Yeah, big up Lorenzo Massetti. I predict him to have a really good year. I've got him in my end of year top 10. I think he's going to crack the top 10 next year. Lorenzo Massetti, big year coming up. Jack maybe? Yeah, and I'm going to call it early. Massetti's going to get to the quarterfinals at least. If he has a nice draw, he's getting to the quarters of this. That would be good. I mean, for me, I would love to see him. And I'm going to be supporting him all the way. At the French, would for me, I would love to see him do really well there. I feel that that's where he'd really come to life and we'll get to see the best out of him. But let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's see him do well at a slam in a five-set match. If I see him really <laughs> dig deep, because... Well, as Lewis says, Vassetti could be yeah. six love, six love, five <laughs> love, it. and then bottle it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not getting carried away. If I see him dig in and he comes back... He's a quality a player, match, but he can't get over the line yet. He's not got I don't that. fancy him against Djokovic, do you? I don't fancy him against Alcalaz in a five-set match either. Like, those people have that mentality. Yeah. I feel like to... any top, top 20 player in a five-setter... I don't know if Massetti's got it. I think Hatchinov comes back as well. Yeah. Kyrgios. It's not actually Hatchinov, it's Hachanov. I apologize to Karen. Sorry, Gary. I know you want to I'm trying to <laughs> trying to teach Ben as best as I can. I'm always learning every day. It's not Hatchinov then. Hachanov. Hachanov. I was watching some commentary today. Oh. It's quite fun. A bit of Hachanov versus Medvedev. Have to change his button. Good match. <laughs> Karen Hatchanov. Okay. <laughs> and uh, anyway, let's move. I think that's the last tweet I had. I I was going back and obviously looking at last year's Australian Open for Carlos Alcalaz as well. And we remember he went out in that five-set match to Matteo Berrettini, who was the eventual semi-finalist last year. They obviously went out to Rafa in four sets. But... That could have been a good year for him last year, couldn't it, Alcaraz? I mean, if he got past Berrettini, he could have been the one playing Rafa in the semi-final. I mean, who knows? It was one of those crazy things. It was such a close match against Berrettini. But do we put anything on uh, Berrettini maybe in this tournament? Got to the semis last year in Definitely. good form? Definitely. The reason being, in recent years, Berrettini has only lost in Grand Slams to Rafael Nadal and Djokovic. Yeah. No, nobody's beaten him in Grand Slams. 
that that says everything. He's a bit of a big. He's a big. He's a big time player. He can play in the big match as well. And with that serve, if it's popping, he's a difficult player to beat. I think it's quite fitting. I bring this up. I'm going to try and share my screen. Apologies if it lags a little bit. I'm no not worries. at my usual setup, um, mm. but it is some of the odds. Can you see that? All right. Yeah, maybe I'll take the uh, overlay off and then we can see it. Or have you got a load of tabs showing? Um, no, it's okay. I'll tell you what I can do. I can adjust Let's that myself. Shrink. Okay, just shrink it a bit so I'll we can see the Pull it over. Just tell me because I can't see the screen. Is that keep, better? Keep going. Keep going. Try and drag it to the right a little bit. It's great for the audio. That'd do. Yeah, we can I see that. You can see the names. So yeah. you can see there. Djokovic, massive favourite now. Then Medvedev, then the Dow. Kyrgios. Let's quickly talk about Nick Kyrgios. He's pumped for Grand Slams. Final of, of, of Wimbledon. Didn't do too bad at the US. Had a great year all of last year in the Slams. He's yeah. now done his Netflix documentary. A lot of players did it, of course, but he was a big feature. And I hear that he is going to be featuring in episode one. Alongside wow. Liam Brody, by the way. Liam Brody is making episode one. So. I am really fascinated to see how he does, of course, in Australia, the place where he won the doubles last year. Is he yeah. like a is he up there as like a second favorite? Do you put him above a Medvedev, the guy he beat very easily at the US at the US Open? He's gonna have all the crowd on his side and he's driven. And I know you're shouting out Massetti. I've got Kyrgios in my top ten at the end of this year. So you're going Massetti. We both have sort of went for something different. I think Kyrgios is driven. He's already said he intends to play the French Open this year as well, which he doesn't normally do. I'm excited. I think that he could be the real surprise package that Djokovic might want to be worried about playing because if the crowd is all on his side and he gets the place rocking, anything can happen. I'm quite interested to see if he comes up against Sissipas again. <laughs> I'm perfectly honest. I'm hoping we get Kyrgios Sissipas yet again at a slam and we get to see more drama. Yeah, we've got Gene in saying Kyrgios currently has an ankle injury. Uh, I wasn't familiar with that at all. Matthew okay. also saying he's not fit at the moment. He can turn it on. I still wouldn't write him off. We've got the compliment king in. How are we doing? Great to see you. Happy hey. New Year to you. Uh, saying the Dow or Kyrgios. I really am not big on the Dow. I really am not big on him. Some people say I'm playing reverse psychology and I'm bigging up Djokovic so much because I don't want it to happen and I'm underplaying Rafa so then it doesn't make the blow so bad when he goes out early. Maybe. I don't know, but this is just how I feel in the moment. I'm on here speaking live, my thoughts in its rawest form and I generally believe Rafa Nadal is not going to do very well at the Australian Open this year. We'll wait and see come the draw preview. You might suddenly get a second wind. And... Well, I might put him for a few more rounds than you, that's for sure. Wait and see. Uh, maybe I'm underplaying play. it because I don't want you I want you to put him out early and then I'm going to back him to win it and sneak Again. in and take the bracket. Yeah, I mean, it, it's happened before and maybe I'll have him playing Karatsev again. Who knows? Wait well, look see. at some of these odds here, mate. So, Holgoduna, 26. Zverev, Berrettini, Fritz, all at 34s. What's the Eritanians Verev? I think it's it's some good money there to be made. What's the odds just for out of curiosity each way on Casper Ruud to make the final? Because that he's made a few finals now, <laughs> slams. He's made the tour finals final. Who's to say Casper Ruud couldn't get to another Grand Slam final again? He's got a lot of points to gain as well. Going to have a lot of incentive. 
So yeah. no, I think it, I think it'd be worth a worth a punt. Casper Ruud makes the well, final. It's probably half this odd, so it's about thirteen to one or twelve to one. It's not bad to make a final. I don't I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Berrettini, yeah, that's just though. quite interesting to have a look at. Of course, we are going to be doing a lot more videos and uh, previews regarding the Australian Open. We'll be going through all of our thoughts, who's the favourite, and of course, the draw preview, and just building up now to the Australian Open. Hopefully, we can do, if not daily podcasts from here on out, a lot more regular ones, speaking about the tennis, because there has been quite a bit of tennis which has been going on, and... Shout out to David, who's been doing some of the streams. Cheers, and also Cavi. They've been doing an excellent yep. job on, on them streams. And we are going to be back in action tomorrow. And I believe Ben's going to be doing the Medvedev Djokovic one. Unfortunately, I'm unable to because I won't have the laptop. Um, one sec. There'll be... So just to just to show you guys what what's uh, on tomorrow. So, yeah, we do have... It'll be kicking off first. David will be covering this one. So make sure to join David for Sissipas Berrettini. I mean, this could be a potential matchup at the uh, Australian Open. Who knows? But this that would be really exciting. And then after that match, yeah, like you said, Djokovic, Medvedev, we could see that one at the Australian Open too. But both of them, I think, are crackers. Make sure to join us for both of those matches. I think it's 6 a.m. in the UK for Sissipas Berrettini and 10 a.m. in the UK for Djokovic Medvedev. Yeah, you don't want to miss it. I think it's going to be a really good taste, especially this one on the screen there for the Australian Open. Two players who are now the number one and two favourites to win it. Uh, we've seen finals disputed by them at the Australian Open before the Rafa one. It's going to be fascinating. I am really getting excited. Of course, this is a devastating podcast with Alcalaz pulling out and we've spoke about that at the start of the video. So go wind back if you want to hear us talk about Adkaraz. Um, he's going to be back. He will be back to his best. I'm hopeful. I'm hoping he's going to be fully fit for sort of the clay court swing because I'm hoping he can do some damage in some of the Masters events. He did very well in Madrid last year. Maybe if he does something in Rome and Roland Garros, that'd be quite cool. Uh, but let's just go through some of the matches which we've been unable to do a draw preview for. And just go through and talk about some of the results and some of the standout performers. And the first name I want to go to is Sebastian Corda. He is a young gun. He comes from a, a sporting family of greatness with the, his sister being an excellent golfer. I believe world number one golfer she was for some time. And Corda, he's got the bloodline. He's got the tennis as well. He, he demolished Sinner. 7-5, yeah. 6-1. Someone Impressive. who's got off our radar for the top 10 because he could have made Easily a claim to be inside that top 10. He's good enough, that's for sure. Medvedev, he seems to be back on his back in his rhythm again. He's starting to play a lot better. And some of the rallies against Hachanov, I watched the highlights on tennis TV, yeah. was excellent. I thought Medvedev was playing great. And I'm excited now how tomorrow is going to go against Djokovic, who's also looking the, like the best player in the world at the moment. Let's be honest, Novak Djokovic... Yeah. Looks like the best player in the world. He's beating everyone he plays. I think that is now a eight and love record against Shapovalov. So <laughs> someone he beats very comfortably. And Shapo's a, a tough, tough player. We've seen what he's done against Rafa recently. Almost beat him at the Australian Open and did beat him in Rome. So good player. And Djokovic has just been annihilating him. I think that's the standout in Adelaide. In Pune. Karatsev, 
Mm. He was doing some things and getting back to his best, but was defeated by Griegspor. And Bonzi, yeah. he turned it up. Amazing. I mean, I didn't expect uh, Bonzi to be there. Van der Zandstrup, I thought he probably would go quite yeah. deep in this one. But Bonzi, I think the final Bonzi Griegspor, I didn't expect. I know Chilich pulled out of the event. I think I, I would have assumed he would have probably gone further if he was not injured. But yeah, Bonzi... Could he be a surprise person for for 2023? Somebody who's always lingering around like the the top 50-ish mark. Now he could maybe push on. Um, how old is Bonzi? Just out of curiosity. 26 is a guess. Let's have a look. Could be completely wrong. Exactly right. Look oh. at that. JG on the money. Look Bit at him go. <laughs> Reason but, being, I've, I have watched a lot of Bonzi on the challenges. He's been around for years. Like I'm talking four or five years playing challengers. Uh, yep. So he's someone we was watching before we started the podcast. Yep. And he was extremely good. Like he has played a lot of tennis matches competitively, just not at the highest level. And now he's, yeah. he's been able to produce that on the main stage, on the ATP circuit. So pleased for him. Good player. We got to see a little bit of him at Wimbledon as well. He was on the other court uh, next to us. True. Playing, which was, he was he was decent on the day. Francis TFO. What's happened there? Cancelled. No, it was just the, yeah, it got rescheduled because it's uh, the United Cup. They just swapped some of the players around. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so Zuc, this is United right? Cup. Of course, Spain went out early. What nations are left in that one? Just the semi-finals at the moment. We've got Greece versus Italy, and we have got USA versus Poland. So, and obviously we remember, well remember from last night, eager losing probably in the most dramatic fashion we've seen her lose, like emphatic yeah. fashion. Pagula beating her two and two. Um, not seen eager lose convincingly like that i think when was it the last time was probably what doha last year is that right dubai or was it dubai yeah. so I'm, I'm trying to yeah you're right in the, it was in that neck of the woods yeah but that that's the last time i can remember uh losing convincingly but well well done to pagula and making me look like a right mug at the moment didn't include pagula in my uh, top 10 for the end of the year trying to be a bit risky and the two people that i did include in my top 10 were I think I had Anissimova and Andreescu, and they both got bageled by Kudometova this week. So that's terrible <laughs> for me. I'm really not just feeling good. You I just know. love to see it. Inject it in my veins. Ben with some shocking predictions. Well, and, we've um, got to take this risk. I should have done Kudometova. That's one person that neither of us really went big have on. Should taken Alison Risk. Maybe should have done better. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows, man? Saba beat Vondrasova. Oops, sorry, going down. Yep. Good. Jabur beating Kostya. Coco Goff looking okay. That event's not great, though, the one in Auckland. Oh, I think Coco Goff should easily win it. Skimmed over. Nos- Noskova uh, beat Azarenka. In, uh, she saved match point as well and still went on to win. I thought that was really impressive, to be honest. Yeah, yeah big year for her. Definitely yeah. big year for the Czech. This one? One of my qualifiers to watch. Bit surprised about because uh, Coco Goff, I have winning this event. I'm sure most people probably do. Um, she was the number one seed, as you can all guess yeah, already. It was a but, done event. I'm sorry, I don't want to talk about Auckland too much. It was just Coco Goff and Leila Fernandez. But what happened weird. to Fernandez here, though? I didn't weird. Know, a bit of a strange result. Didn't she double bagel someone in the last yep. round? She's she, both of her rounds before she demolished the opponents. 
and then she just lost to Bonaventure. And <laughs> after she demolished her two opponents, I was going to write a tweet saying how, like, oh, I told you Layla's going to come good. I didn't write it, so I didn't even need to tell you that, but that you was in my it. mind. I thought <laughs> it, which enough. was bad enough. And then she ended up getting demolished by Bonaventure. So I was like, I'm glad I never wrote that in the end. But yeah. now I've just announced it to everyone anyway. So I'm still yep. an idiot. <laughs> We got the United Cup here. We just mentioned, uh, obviously, the eager result and uh, Trevisan beating Sakari. I mean, that's a surprise as well. Look, seven point five. God, imagine if he got on that one. Two sorry. massive underdogs here. Imagine that double. Sakari, I'm sorry, it's just poor. I see Sakari in the trailer of the Netflix documentary, and I forget the exact words you said. You like. I want to get to the very top. I want to be future world number one. It's like really dramatic with all the music. And I was just watching it like, it sounds great for people who don't know tennis, but I know who you are. <laughs> I know that you're semi-final Sarkari. You're not going to be world number one if you don't win things. And well, this is in the semi-final player, as well. <laughs> it's a semi-final against Trevisan. Stop being semi-final Sarkari. I'm sick of it. And then go on but... Netflix and you're going to win it all. And how are you going to be world number one? And it's, listen, great for the great for the documentary, great for herself, great for the motivation, great for the hype. It's not true. It's not realistic. She needs to sort out her mind to be able to win semifinals because there's no way she should be winning on, losing on a hard court against Trevor Sand, who's a clay court player. No, totally, totally uh, agree with that. Trevor Sand. Yeah, I think she surprised herself in this match as well. She looks like pretty pumped up, though. She looked like her box was really giving her a lot of uh, encouragement. I watched a, f a few of the highlights. So fair play to her. She's like probably one of the shortest people on the tour as well. I think she's what yeah. she's five two, is she? Trevor yeah. Sand. So to be able to win tennis matches from like I, I admire Schwartzman on the men's side. I think Trevor Sand's the like the equal on the women's side for some reason, and I think that they're both like really exciting players. But I didn't really see Trevor Sand winning on hard court. Uh, but there you go. Uh, I don't think there's any others to really speak no, just about. Eugene, they're saying Trevor Sand's best hard court win was versus Siniakova. so that just puts it into perspective. Yeah, it's terrible, really, from from Sarkari. We've got Huang in saying, speaking of the documentary, thoughts on Kira thinking he's the next big thing. Oh, I know what you be. mean, but he was hyped. I think it's all like that. It's they're trying to sell something at the end of the day. Yeah. Like they want people to watch it. So it's in a trailer. You're going to see more of that. I don't think it's actually aired yet, but it's going to be airing in the coming days. So looking forward to watch it. And I mean, Kyrgios can... He can talk more now than what he ever could do before because he's actually results on the court has backed it up. Last year he was pretty good, so if he wants to talk his his trash, then fair fair play, let him do it because he's been putting in the results. We've got the compliment king and sand side note. Speaking of age, when are your you two's birth anniversaries? Mine is tomorrow. <laughs> birth anniversary as well. Happy birth anniversary for the compliment king for tomorrow. Uh, appreciate. Yeah, happy all birthday, of mate. Birth anniversary, not birthday. Yeah, well, it's a birthday. All right. Happy birthday. Uh, yours, oh, you'll let you announce yours. Oh, you're going to have to pick for me as well, are you? I might do. Go on, yours. say yours. All right. Mine's in. Mine's the 23rd of September. And mine is the Rome final. What, every year? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it was the Just... Rome final once. But it's usually around the Rome final time. It's so like it's Easter May. Sunday or something. <laughs> Middle <laughs> just... of May. Middle of May. Well, 
There you go. Uh, whenever the Rome final is, wish JG happy birthday. Uh, this one, just a quick one, just uh, before we wrap up. We obviously had Garin dropping down to the challengers this week and losing in the semi-finals here to Blanaccio, 190th in the world. Uh, Yeah, good player, but Garin should be beating him, if I'm perfectly honest. I'm not as mad at that one because I think Blanaccio is a good player, but yeah. Anyway, get rid of that. He's on hard courts as well. Yeah. I thought Blanaccio was a good clay court player mainly. Garin loves the clay though. Yeah, he likes grass now as well. He's good at Wimbledon. Anyway, that's enough of them results. We will be back to speak more tennis very soon. Please join us tomorrow for some live watch-alongs. We've got the big one. Novak Djokovic versus Daniel Medvedev. Whoever wins, Ben will be picking to win the Australian Open because we know he is boring Ben. Whoever wins Rome, he has winning Roland Garros. We know what he's like. Boring Ben will be back. All we know that JG will flip-flop his way and change his mind and he'll never give us an actual stick-into-his-guns decision. He's proved it already once with his Rafa to win Roland Garros and now he's just going to go and change and pick Djokovic to win the Australian Open. I'm sticking with mine. Don't listen to him. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Terrible news for Alcaraz. Please come back soon. Please come back soon because I love watching Alcaraz. And I want to see an Adkaraz versus Djokovic match on a hard court very soon because I think they can produce some special, special moments. Uh, But thanks for watching, everyone. Please, if you haven't already, hit the like button. Support Game to Love by subscribing to the channel. This year, we're going for 50k in the Australian Open. And we'll see you very soon. Thanks for watching. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.